So are you buying on price or are you buying on value? Welcome to Biz Build Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Welcome to the BizBuild Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. You're here with Chief Style Officer Damani, Diamondback Damani. You can find me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani and President of Diamondback Tool Belts. C. Connor Crook. Or just like the guy. Or the guy. Yeah. El Jefe. Yeah. I thought your name was Connor C. Crook for a while. Yeah, well, you know. My dad's middle name on his birth certificate is the letter P. And up until I was 37 years old, I didn't know what it stood for. Does it stand for anything? It does. See, Harry S. Truman? The S didn't stand for anything. It didn't stand for anything? Both of his grandfather's... Name started with S, uh-huh. so they just named him Harry S. Truman. That's incredible. <laughs> well, no one knew what my dad's middle name stood for for a long time because the way the lore goes is apparently uh, his mom was cheating on his, her, her, uh, her husband, and she wanted to name my dad after the guy she was truly in love with, even though, you know, that's not her bi- the, his biological. Yeah, that style. don't fly. Yeah, <laughs> so she just wrote when 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 my dad's actual biological father, who was the husband of his mother, was not at the hospital on the birth certificate. She wrote the P in there to signify the man that she was truly in love with, and only told him what the P stood for when he became uh, like a teenager or something like that. I don't know if that's touching or dirty. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's the way the. That's the way the lore goes. Um, so, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is called The Death of Retail, and we are going to talk a lot about what we've all seen all around the country happening um, with many, many stores. If you've been to a shopping center or a strip mall or a mall, you've probably seen cl- cl- uh, stores closing left and right, and there's a reason for that. And we want to talk about why these stores are closing, how you and your shopping habits may or may not affect that, and then um, what to do to sort of get around the the epidemic of the mid-sized store losing its business. Um, we bought, or Connor bought a whole bunch of shelves the other day, and yep. uh, we got them for really, really cheap. And we've all, we've needed shelves in the warehouse in our annex warehousing space for a little while. And if you go buy them through, you know, one of the major stores, those things can get really expensive if you get the uh, really nice shelving. But he was able to find these uh, very fortuitously. You want to talk a little bit about that and how that inspired you to want to talk about this subject? Yeah. So the the original shelving that we have in our main warehouse um, all came from Kmart. Mm-hmm. I was uh, screwing around on Craigslist one day and saw business going, you know, out of business or whatever. And so I rolled over to Kmart on a Sunday afternoon and ended up 
in exchange for cleaning out a couple of their back rooms, mm-hmm. um, getting hundreds of dollars worth of shelving. And then they went back the next day and got even more, and they were just giving it away at that point. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other day, my wife and I were doing a little post-Christmas shopping, and I rolled into this store, Plow and Hearth. It's, uh, they mainly sell housing, good, household items uh, over online, but they have Do a, they sell plows? I don't think so. But the, do they sell fireplaces? They do. Oh, okay. So at least one of the things is yeah, accurate. I, I don't Anyway, <clears throat> they had a store. It had this sort of luxury strip mall here in town, you know, high-end kind of place. You'd think they'd do well there, but the place was really empty when we rolled in, and I was just kind of wandering around. And Were you shopping for a fireplace? I don't know why. We, my wife wanted to go in there. I have no okay, idea. Okay, okay. <clears throat> so I was walking around towards the back of the store, and I saw these shelves, and I was like, Oh, shelves for sale. I asked the guy, and sure enough, they're going out of business. Or, you know, the business is staying in business, but they're closing down the retail location. And so I said, I want And this is a store that's been there for decades. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I just said, hey, I want to buy your shelves. And so, um, yeah, so we got 12 of these shelving units for dirt cheap, less than I would have paid in shipping to get them from, you know, if I bought them somewhere. Right. And so it got, sort of got you thinking, like, why Kmart closing, which is, you know, Kmart has been an American staple for however many years, 80, 90 years, I don't know how long. Kresge Mart, for those of you who don't know, it's named after a man named Kresge, who— I can is, see why I call it a Kmart. Right, right. Uh, and the only reason why I know this is because I happened to work at a coffee shop when I was a teenager with the great-granddaughter of— the original Kresge, whose last name was Kresge. And is now working at a coffee shop. Uh, she's a lawyer now, but she was going <laughs> through college. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, Kresge Mart's shutting down. Um, we've seen so many retail locations uh, uh, of other companies. JCPenney's, Sears are closing down in malls. Um, so many more. And we started to ask ourselves, what gives? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a global, or at least an national phenomenon here in the United States. And, you know, as we started thinking about it, started expanding on why is this happening? And at the same time, you know, part of our Diamondback growth strategy has been, we need to get into retail. Mm-hmm. We need, you know, we can sell stuff online. That's great. You know, short-term gain for us is obviously we don't give away any margin if we sell direct. direct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, we have to you know, pay the piper if you sell through retail. So, you know, short-term gains definitely for better for us to sell online. But long-term, it is a benefit for us to have the product out there. It's uh, it's easier for people to come and try it on, to see it. People who aren't necessarily finding us on the internet, it's another way they might find us. Uh, they because just, surprise, surprise, not everyone is on the internet. They don't know if they're not on the internet, but they're they're not on Instagram and they're yeah. not in the construction space on Facebook or YouTube, right? Which is where you generally find Diamondback. So, um, you know, having the product out there in stores is certainly helpful for us because it's getting more eyes on the product. So it's a benefit to us. But then we start to wonder if all the stores are closing, do we need to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you know, that led us this week to to do what we do on a lot of these types of things is to put some polls out on um, uh, Instagram on our stories. Uh, we all we often are asking for customer feedback on on those types of platforms, and we got some interesting responses. Um, 
you know, primarily people are saying they want to shop in retail. Mm-hmm. They want to go to a store and try on clothing, shoes, something like a tool belt they're going to wear every day. I don't believe you. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got a broad response. Yeah, I had one guy said, you know, I buy my groceries online. I don't, I don't ever want to go to a store again. Mm-hmm. But the majority, uh, at least plurality of people said, I want to go to the store. Mm. It's just a question of why the store's not there. Yeah. And there's got to be some advantages and disadvantages of shopping in a store versus shopping online. Um, that what, or let's let's look at it this way: there's advantages for shopping in store that you can't get online. Um, one of those obviously is being able to put your hands on a product. Sure. Um, the other one, ideally, is maybe that there's someone there that can help you, which is valuable. All right, and 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 sell you or upsell you. Um, but then the disadvantages are people. <laughs> if you just have a general aversion to being around people. Right, right, yeah. So as we looked at this entire thing, you would think, okay, someone like a, a JCPenney's or Sears or maybe a Plow and Hearth is actually selling things that people might want to get their hands on. Um, and so we – and we don't know why these people aren't going – continuing to go into these shops all the time. Um, So there's obviously got to be a a list that's even longer when we're putting, I guess when you make the list of the pluses and minuses of doing things, that's much longer for the advantages of shopping online. And what did you find out about that? Well, a lot of people say they prefer to shop online um, for those things that don't have that in-store experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the some interesting feedback we got was a lot of people say, well, I, I prefer to go to a store because returns are so much easier than having to hassle online. Mm-hmm. And I remember one response, which was, I actually prefer the return process online because it's cheaper for me to rebox it and deal with it that way than to drive across town mm-hmm. using my gas and my time and traffic and na 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 Darn traffic. Um, so, you know, that's a kind of an interesting, uh, there's, there's good and bad on that both sides. What we try to do with Diamondbacking is sort of the uh, uh, way that we try to help retailers. And, you know, obviously we have our own self-interest at play here of trying to get into the retail space is to say, look, man, if you're buying selling power tools, Mm -hmm. you're selling red, yellow, blue, teal, whatever it is, you're not going to win Mm. because the consumer is looking at that product as a commodity, and they're going to buy the one that's either on sale or they already have the battery platform for it or whatever. And you're competing against Home Depot. You're competing against the large online retailers. You can't win. Mm-hmm. Why, as a retailer, would you not change your focus? And I think, you know, this is, you know, if retailers are smart, they got to figure out how to stay in business. And, and my take is change your focus. Focus on those things that do give a, an in-store experience that are not just commodities. You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. You know, on the other hand, you also need to have those things like Nails and screws. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who buys nails and screws online. Right. Uh, they cost a lot to ship, and you need them now. Because so. they're heavy as heck. <clears throat> right. And when you need them, you need them. Right. 
if I'm buying a power tool, generally speaking, I probably can get by for another couple of days if I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. So I don't mind buying it online. So if you're a retailer, you need to focus on those things that are in the now that are going to give a reason to be face-to-face, mm-hmm. whether it's something I need to try on or whether or not it's something that, you know, I just need it now. I need some. I, I need a box of GRKs, man. I need them now. So I'm going to go to the store and go get them. So I'm going to just grab them on the way in, and, and everything's good. You know, that's the way it works. And it, th- there's the other aspect to it, too. You have a lot more overhead when you have an actual store. Sure. Um, if, if you're selling direct online, then you're not paying the stock person and the person behind the counter and the rent of a facility to the extent, you know, of having an actual storefront. And are we seeing that in these mid-sized stores, especially in these hardware stores and things like that, the, the product is actually much more expensive than if someone just went to an online retailer? Well, sure. I mean, you know, you, you can split up the market into the, the low end um, mm-hmm. of, of things are based – they're selling based on price. You know, you don't go to Walmart to get the really nice thing. You go to Walmart because you need something that'll get it done and it's inexpensive. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why you go that that store, and there's a reason for it. On the other hand, there's a reason to go to the store that specializes in the best stuff, and that's the store where you expect to, to get some good treatment and some good customer service. They should right. be able to tell you why, if you're spending a lot of money on a particular product, why one is better than the other and that sort of thing. Yeah. The problem is in the middle. In the middle, you've got a a range of products that, again, they become commodities. There's no distinction one versus the other or minimal distinction. And and at that point in time, you're not going to the store to get guidance. You're not going to the store because it's a way to get it inexpensively. The the, the rationale for that in-person experience disappears. It's interesting you say that because I, it made me start thinking about um, sneakers, right? Uh, and we in Charlottesville, there's a couple of uh, independent specialty sneaker companies that are geared towards like high end running shoes. And when you go in there, they measure your foot, they put it on this thing, they figure out what your arch length is, and they do uh, this whole experience that you go in and you find these high-end running sneakers specifically for you to make your running experience better. In addition to that, they hold 5Ks and 10Ks, and they have running clubs and all these things that are built into the experience of shopping in these stores, and they are finding success in this region, while at the same time, if you walk into a finish line or a footlocker in the mall, there's no one there. Because that average, that middle-of-the-road running shoe, that New Balance, the basic New Balance model or Michael Jordan model if you're playing basketball, if people know that they like that shoe, they're just going to go online to a major sneaker outlet and just buy it. Right. So, the, so then you end up with the other option. You either go to the high-end store mm-hmm. where they not only do that, they have a card catalog where they catalog your purchases for 20 years. So mm-hmm. you go in there. I'm on my wife's card. I don't actually have my own card at the running shop. I just go mm-hmm. in and I say, I'm Meg's husband, and they know who I am then. Oh, you go to the running shop I brought up. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 so, but then the other end is you go to something like DSW where there's just shoes in there. And there's no Everywhere. one helping. Yeah. You, and you're basically 
you become the employee because you're like looking around for a ladder for how the heck am I going to get that size 10 that's up there on the top <laughs> shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow you end up with a shoe and you leave and you're just like, look, I just needed a pair of sneakers. I don't I don't really care. I was, yep, last week I was <laughs> in DSW looking for a pair of shoes. No employees were helping me. I found a, a pair of shoes that I wanted to get. And as I was walking to the payout of the counter, an employee walked by me and the first thing that they said was, I can never get anything done around here. Every time I try to leave on time, I can't. And then walked past me. Because the most important thing in my job <laughs> is being able to get the hell out of here <laughs> exactly. at 5 o'clock. I'm like, dang. <laughs> no one even offered to help me. And the first thing I hear is you telling me you want to get the hell out of here. This is amazing. Welcome to the box store. Customer service, baby. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> I made a mental note of that. Um yeah, but she wasn't getting out anytime soon because I made a mess in the back in the clearance section. She was going to have to clear it up. <laughs> um, so we want this in-store experience um, because that's going to fulfill us as customers. That's going to make us feel wanted. We're going to get the thing exactly that we are looking for for whatever job it is that we need it for. We're also finding that a lot of these larger uh, stores like the Walmarts or the big uh, box store locations or even the large online retailers are selling a lot of stuff that um, is cheaper because it's not made in the United States. Yeah, sure. The uh, simple fact is, 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 is this has been an issue that drives me crazy. Um, it, it's obviously near and dear to us here at Diamondback. We are committed. We make all of our products in the United States. But there's a cost for that. Yeah. Um, and one of the, it's sort of a chicken and egg type of thing where people say, I want American made, but I can't find American made. Well, that's because it costs more. And somebody before you said, I don't want to spend more for that product. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the factory closed down mm -hmm. and it went overseas. And now you can't even find anything American made because nobody wanted to pay for it. Right. All we cared about was having it bigger and faster and didn't care about the labor costs that went into it. You know. And the labor cost is higher in the United States because we have things in place to protect the laborer. So our oh. minimum wage is higher than other places in the world. Um, Americans expect benefits. Sure. All of these things which then drive up the cost. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. We should protect the laborer. But as a result, the bottom line is raised because America is at the top of the economic food chain around the world. So our bottom line is raised up higher than, say, a place like India, who is like $15 an hour. <laughs> well, it, it trickles up. You know, the, the, it's not just the, the person working in the factory. I mean, most of our customers are working on construction jobs. And, well, our construction workers get paid a lot more than they do in other countries. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a global across the thing. When when you're looking for cheap labor, you don't make it in the United States. Right. Um, so as a result, the companies are outsourcing the manufacturing other places. And the more companies outsource, the more other companies have to follow suit in order to bring their prices down, essentially, and to compete. Well, that mean, that is, if you, are, if you are competing on price, 
then you have to match the other guy's price. Right. And and one of the things that we do at Diamondback and we believe that many of our customers are trying to do is find a way not to compete on price. Hmm. You got to elaborate on that a little bit more. So why, so where's the, what's the other competition level that we're going to, you know? Okay. If, if someone comes to me and says, I'd buy a Diamondback, but I can get a store brand for a fourth as much. Okay, fine. Go if that's if that's the most important thing to you is how much money I'm going to spend on this product today. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to win that. Right. That's that's not that's not where I'm competing. Right. If on the other hand, the customer comes and says, "I want the best possible tool belt that's going to give me ergonomic back support, that's going to make me more organized, that's going to be lightweight, that's going to last me for ten or more years," and I'm looking at that value. Mm-hmm. Then I think that customer will buy a Diamondback. Right. Just like if you're a contractor and all that the homeowner or the developer or the GC or whatever wants is, look, I just want it done the lowest price possible. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get into that race to the bottom? Do you want to be trying to figure out how can I build my business around being the lowest price and not really worrying about the quality? Mm. Or do I want to be selling value? Hmm. Do I want to be the company that people say, well, you know, that Damani guy, he charges an arm and a leg, but baby, he's on the job. When he says he's going to be there, he doesn't screw around. He cleans up after himself, and he makes great quality work. And He's actually made some pretty awesome suggestions that I didn't think about on my project that I really enjoy. Exactly. So are you buying on price or are you buying on value? Tune into the next episode of the BizBuild podcast for part two of this conversation. You won't want to miss it. You've just been listening to the BizBuild podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at Diamondback.ToolBelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe.